0: everyone as we advertise on our social media Gerald and I are unbelievably excited to introduce our next guest the palpable tension the text I've been receiving who is it going to be who's the big star name guest that's going to come on I'm, I'm excited to finally announce it I think three of those texts are from my mom so mom it is Samuel Onye Acho, four star Recruit three-time all-conference at St. Mark's High School. Also the state private school champion in shot and discus. Multi-year starter at defensive end, off- outside linebacker for UT. Team MVP in 2010. All Big 12, All-American. Finished career top 10 UT history in sacks. Force fumbles, fumble recoveries. Still Big 12's number three all-time in career force fumbles. Top 15 career sacks. Graduated from McCombs' prestigious BHP program. Two-time academic, first-team academic All-American UT's second ever William V. Campbell trophy. Then it was known as the Dratty Award, or you may know it as the academic Heisman recipient of multiple other prestigious awards. Fourth round draft pick by the Arizona Cardinals. Played for the Chicago Bears, Tampa Bay. Played all over the NFL in a nine year career, racking up nearly 250 tackles, 18 sacks, 11 forced fumbles, three interceptions. Served as the NFL Player Association rep for the Bears, the Cardinals, as well as the vice president of the executive committee for the NFLPA sam is the quintessential polymath his interests are unique and varied he's a frequent podcaster making what Gerald and I do seem totally unimpressive because he can also uh, bench press way more than us and now to throw everything on top of it a true gentleman and scholar
1: a published author sam how you doing tonight Kyle, I'm, I could listen to that all day, man. I, I'm like, dude, keep it going. This, I needed that. That was, a, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Glad to be on with you. We were just reminiscing beforehand. Obviously, we went to school together and business school, the whole deal. And then, obviously, Gerald is out tonight because he's he chose his wife over us, which is a brilliant <laughs> idea. He's celebrating an anniversary. So, happy anniversary, Gerald. But, Kyle, man, it's, it's really good to, to, to reunite with you once again. Man.
0: when you popped up on the zoom call it was uh it was nice to see nice to see your face it was uh nice to hear your voice like i said it's uh i'm 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 a longhorn football fanatic i've i've caught myself on lhn catching some of your old games but you and i have not caught up in in decades so this is exciting for me beyond just getting good podcast content but sam it's a crazy time in the world right now with the quarantine the election how are you living have you voted how's everything going
1: yeah so living good crazy time i have voted Um, And it's just tense. This this season, last few weeks, last week, I don't know. It seems like a really tense time for me and also for society, not just America, even thinking my parents are from Nigeria. And there's so much going on there in Nigeria as well. My wife is from Nigeria. I got friends and family there. So it's a really interesting time. But what I'm trying to do, Kyle, is just trust God one day at a time and just take everything one day at a time. Because I'm at my best when I'm doing that. And I'm at my worst when I'm worried about the future.
0: Man, I love that. Hashtag NSARS free, uh, free plug for all of you if you aren't aware stuff going on around the world. It does exist outside of just the United States, take a second to uh, to do some research on there, there's there's things that could be improved all over the world, certainly, but we're not here to solve the world, Sam. You and I, I would love to have that conversation. You do some some cool work around the globe and I'd be happy to talk about that. But I think what our our folks really are excited to hear about is that we have a a UT grade. I gave some of those accolades in the beginning. Here fresh off a very, very, I'll say signature win for the Tom Herman era, uh, much needed win for the 2020 football season and just you know, an all out, I think great performance. So did you watch, uh, I assume you watched that game on Halloween against Oklahoma State and, and what'd you think? How
1: are you feeling coming out of that one? Yeah, well, that was the most important game in the Tom Herman era and here's why. Texas was at two losses, three and two going into that game, or maybe even three and three, if I'm not mistaken, Um, going into that game, three and two, excuse me. And yes, Oklahoma State was ranked number six, but if you lose Oklahoma State, now you're three and three. Now all of a sudden you've lost to TCU. You're one and six versus CCU. Your record's not great versus Oklahoma, not great for any rank against any ranked team. So that win was a huge win for Texas. Now, does it help Tom Herman? Maybe, because if you look at all the games, really, Sam Ellinger has been the one who's put the team on his back week in and week out. And last week, obviously, Joseph Osai, he went out and he balled, which was amazing. 12 tackles, something like six TFL. He had an Indomitian two game from the 2010 <laughs> National Championship, right? Three sacks, forced fumble, the whole deal. And so it was a huge game, a huge win. It's funny because Texas and Oklahoma State, I remember, I remember playing in that game back in 2009 and being down about three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we knew we were going to win
0: hmm.
1: because it's like, this is Oklahoma State. Come on now, let's, <laughs> you know, let's, let's wake up and and we won the game. And I I I was surprised that Texas won just based off of the way we've been playing. I'm glad we won. I'm excited. I wanted to see Joseph Osai ball, and he did. Sam Ellinger played well. Uh, obviously, I think if you watch the games, you still see there are still some issues where you see the team pressing and pressing and making silly mistakes that oftentimes goes back to, to the top, right. To coaching. But if you can obviously get this win and get a couple more games in, and maybe you're back in the hunt, maybe you're back, you know, in that big 12 championship talk. And now you're back in that college football playoff talk. But, but I was excited about the win on Halloween.
0: Man. And I loved it. And before the the game, I was thinking back to the last time it was a nine that UT played in, uh, I think, 08 was the comeback. 09 They played in Stillwater on halloween and won pretty handily but it was the defense in that game even though colt was the quarterback it was four interceptions it was i think curtis had one returned it was earl campbell took one back Tykey had an int gideon yeah. had an int i think you yeah. and your brother each had like That's you right. know tackles and forced. So, i mean right. that that 09 defense i think that game was the game that a lot of Longhorn fans <laughs> said wait a minute this like we know the offense is good with shipley and quan and colt but this like this might be a national championship you know defense right so that that was was um that was a that was a like a turning point game for i think i'm sure for the team for sure but for the fans how how does it feel when you win a game like that where you come out and you just you feel something change from what you went in with it
1: absolutely yeah you're right oh was that comeback here was you were down and end up winning came back for three touchdowns oh nine was that dominant year right you talk about earl thomas with the pick uh, i think i had a couple of sack forced fumble f- or something like that emmanuel balled out every on that 09 defense oh nine of the 11, 10 of the 11 starters went to the NFL.
0: Yeah.
1: Went to the NFL. Shockey Brown, Earl, mm-hmm. Earl Thomas, I think Sergio Kendall might've been on that team. I was on that team. We're talking we're talking 09. I think Rackett just graduated. Uh, Kenny Robinson, Emmanuel Ocho. I'm pretty sure Muckleroy was Muck, on that team. Yep. Uh, Shockey. We talked about Curtis. I mean, it was, we were loaded. We were stacked yeah. that Mil- Will Muschamp as a defensive coordinator. So to answer your question it's it's an amazing feeling going out and playing a good offense and just shutting them down it reminds me of when i obviously played with the bears and we went out and played the rams back in 2018 and and the rams at that point were their number one rated offense yeah. we held them to six points won we 15 to six and just completely shut them down there's there's not too many better feelings in the world than that
0: man i love that so it, texas fans have kind of frozen that team and that time in the, in their mind. And that's the expectation every season. So any deviation from pretty much 10, 11 wins and looking dominant and having 18 NFL guys on the roster and blowing out teams that you should and winning games that, that you know, you don't play your best, but you still, you're, you're, you're good enough. I mean, how far do you think Texas right now looking at it where they are with the talent on the team? And, and you talked about Sam earlier and Joseph Osai. And you know, there, there's some there's some dogs on this team for sure. But how far do you think they are from getting back? And, and obviously the, the Texas is back has become a meme and, and Sam said it after the bowl game. But like truly, that that 09 team and that era, and obviously the 05 team, but that era is, is what I think Texas fans, when they say back, that's what we're going back to. How far as a person who was a part of those great teams? How far does it feel like they're off?
1: Yeah, well, we had a saying, and I think the saying still stands that the standard is the standard. And you talked about that standard, 10 wins, ten wins, bowl games, right? The standard is standard, national championships. And, and even under, under Mac Brown, I think he had a string of I don't know, how many consecutive seasons with 10 wins in a row. I remember Cole, Cole McCoy, he's my quarterback. He was 45 and three, the winningest all-time wow. quarterback in, in college football history. So there was a certain standard mm-hmm. that hasn't changed right the fans expect that standard the players who are on the team they have that standard former players have that standard and, and so the standard hasn't changed for whatever reason we continually are seeing the team not necessarily meet up to that standard and then you're seeing it bleed into recruiting now recruits are leaving decommitting going other it was a Quinn Ewers just decommit the number one rated Quarterback, number one player, player in the entire yeah. what it, 2021 or 22, 22 class. Yeah, 22 yeah. class is decommitted now. You know, maybe he's going to Clemson. Maybe who knows? Maybe Ohio State. Looks like Ohio State. But the standard hasn't changed, and so we need that. This the university needs the leadership to get the players back to that standard.
0: Yeah, and, and, man, that's that's so true. So as a fan, we watch on Saturdays, and then we turn on Sundays and watch an NFL game. Does, does it get like I'm sure if you've, you've had I think Lamar and some other Longhorns you've been teammates with in the pros. Do, do y'all talk about that, like on Sundays or you know even Saturdays you're, you're watching or whatever before your game and you're watching, you know, trying to catch up, see what your Longhorns are doing. To like, do y'all talk about it? Does it is it is it palpable if there's OU guys on the team? I mean, are they running their mouth? Is I mean, it, it, does that does that translate?
1: Absolutely. Every Saturday, let me give y'all a little bit behind the scenes. Every Saturday. And specifically Saturday mornings, they're, they're, they're walkthroughs. So you have the game on Sunday. Saturday is usually a shorter practice a walkthrough. But as soon as that walkthrough ends, the TVs are on everywhere <laughs> watching the college football games. Then usually we travel in the afternoon. About by the time you get back to the hotel, yeah, you might go to your room. Yeah, you might go get some dinner. Obviously with COVID this year, they're not leaving the hotel. Well, you're right. putting those TVs on in the meeting room, reading rooms, and you're watching your games. You might even be wearing your gear, wearing your longhorn hat, wearing – guys went to OU, wearing the OU. You're just talking trash. You're watching the game. People probably side betting on games, the whole deal. Yeah, There's a huge pride that you have for your university. And so when Texas is winning, oh, man, you're walking around with your, your chest <laughs> out. Like, look, Alabama, right? I played with Eddie Jackson, went to Alabama. All these Alabama guys are walking around with their chest out. Right yeah. now it's Ohio State. You know, you know. I remember playing with Lyle Sunline and Lamar Houston, right? When Texas is winning, it's like, oh man, we, yeah, you can't tell me nothing. Well, you're not winning, it's like, all right, let me go ahead and just go to my room
0: and just hang out. Sure, sure. Bye, bye. <laughs> I yeah. totally get that. So, all right, Sam. So you yourself played a lot of big ones, right? During that time we talked about it, the standard was the standard. You played uh, Big 12 championship games. You played in a couple top 10 bowl matchups. You obviously played in a national championship game. Is there one thing when you think back, when you're telling your kids about, man, this game, you know, what? Is there one game that stands out as the, as the, the game from your time on the 40 Acres?
1: Yeah, my favorite game was a 2000, I guess it was technically 2009 Nash, um, Big 12 championship game yeah. against Nebraska. Yeah. So that was the game that we won and that took us to the national championship. We were undefeated at the time playing Nebraska. And I remember personally, that was a really good game for me because not only did I give it all I had, but the first half I really struggled people didn't realize that I was playing defensive tackle at two, 260. <laughs> and this is a running physical team. Yes. I had a great hand placement. Yes. I was physical, but it wasn't easy. And so I remember the first half I was getting, I was struggling and we were playing in the newly built Jerry Jones stadium, right? AT&T. You could see it all on the big screen. And I remember having my hands on my hip grass stains on my, on the back of my Jersey from falling down, getting pushed back. And the clock going three, two, one, zero to halftime, and just praying like God. That was embarrassing for me personally. I say, "God," and I tried. I've tried all I can try. God, please just help me to go out there and just play the way I know I can play the second half. And I want to go and 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 do that. And I want to and I will go back and just give you the glory for it. I will tell everybody. I'll give you the glory. So go back out in the second half, and I'll never forget it was the third quarter and. They're right around the their 12 yard line coming out, maybe maybe 18 or so coming out, and they had a play where the quarterback was under center, and the halfback was offset. Instead of being directly behind the the quarterback, he was offset. And they rarely ran this play, but we always we had a tip that when this play came, it was a it was always a bootleg, mm. always a bootleg. And so they tried to shift to it, they tried to motion to it, and would they would usually try and crack you as a, they have a wide receiver there to crack you. And so I saw the shift. I saw the motion, but I saw the running back offset. I was on, the left, on the left, playing left defensive end in a three-point stance. I see the back offset, so I knew the boot was coming my way. I shifted my weight on my outside leg a little bit, and I said, I'm going to go. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go because I knew it was coming. And I just jetted up the field. The guy tried to block me, he missed, and I sacked. I think it was Taylor Martinez at the time. Sacked him in the third quarter. Huge momentum shift. to go out and win that game. And obviously, that was the endowment can yeah. 12, whatever tackles and whatever he did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one second left, you know, we win the hundred Lawrence game winning field goal, but that was a huge momentum shift momentum in that game. So that was special to me for two reasons. Number one, just to transition from that horrible first half to the amazing second half. I think I finished as a defensive tackle, defensive end with, with like nine tackles, a sack, know, three or so tackles for loss, played really, really well. But also just that was a game that took us to the national championship. And yes, there was a dominant force on the other end and in Dominican Sioux but we still overcame and went to the national championship. That was the moment for me when I knew I could do it.
0: When we tell our own stories, you have good guys and bad guys. When Dom Kinsu was a perfect bad guy. He was so good. And for you to have to go up against him. but I love, I think that's a perfect transition. And to talk a little bit about, I think what I, I obviously love to talk football for, for days with you, but what I would like to, to talk about, and I think hope that's what you like to talk about as well tonight, but uh, the book you wrote, I think you, you said it, right? You, you, You had a moment of thoughtfulness where you had to kind of cried out. You told God, look, I'm going to give you the glory if you give me the ability. And it seems like you're still giving him that glory. And I think from the parts of the book that I have read and I'm, I'm actively reading through it right now, that that's what you see a lot of is that real, not just a lot of people know Sam, the football player. This is Sam, the person, Sam, the human, Sam, the author. So, I mean, maybe tell us a little bit to start there to talk about the book. And the book is Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World of Fakes, right? And, and, and um, how did you get there? What what um, was your inspiration? And, and who is Sam, the author, who, who chose to, to dive in and write this book?
1: Sam, the author, is that's the Sam that has always been, but that a lot of people haven't seen. Right, let the world see you. I've always had a passion for writing. For I remember used to write. I used to write poems <laughs> back as a little kid. I write. I would write poems sometimes about girls. Or write poems <laughs> about girls. I wouldn't share it with them. I was kind of you know shy in that way. But I would or I write poems about time. I'd write articles for not necessarily our newspaper, but just in our English class. I love writing and love language. which recites Shakespeare and and Chaucer. And I love these things. Then all of a sudden, this football aspect avenue opened up and it became i became in a lot of ways Sam, the football player though i still Mm -hmm. obviously business honors program campbell trophy and still still loved academics but somewhere down the line i think i started to divide myself into who am i going to be around my football friends and who am i going to be around my my friends from school and then if they ever overlap i got a style shift and just try and act a certain way and and I would pretend I'd pretend in a lot of ways. And what I realized is that pretending may get you in the door. It may get you in certain doors, but being you will open up doors, you can never imagine. I'll never forget my rookie year. I was playing with the Arizona Cardinals and I just got drafted fourth overall, the hundred third fourth round pick, the hundred third overall pick. And I was playing with Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald perennial pro bowler going on his 15 year 50. I mean, this dude is a monster. He's as well, soon as he retires, give him a goal chat. Jack, going to be in the hall of fame. Absolutely. And people would from Texas, my friends, my classmates, my teammates would call me and say, "Man, tell me about Fitz." He, he called my Young Life group once. Is he as nice as he seems? You know, we do, he donated all this money to our church. He, is he as nice and real person, or as great and great in person as he seems on, on TV or on social media or even on the Zoom call? Tell me about him. And initially, I would say, "Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's the best, and this and that. And man, he makes amazing one-handed catchers. But as they kept on asking, asking, and asking, what they didn't know was that I hadn't even had a conversation with Fitz. I was I was shy, I was scared. And so finally, after being pressed enough times, I finally had one of my friends from Texas say, hey man, just use your teammate, go talk to him. Go talk to him. And and so I did, I went up to him one day and, and in a, I, think I would say a typical San Macho way, I said, hey Fitz, he looked up, he said, yeah. I said, hey, people are always asking me about you. They're asking me about, about, your character and and why is why it is that you do the good deeds that you do. And he then I paused and said, okay, well, what do you tell them? I said, I tell them I don't know why you do what you do. I tell them, I don't know anything about you. I don't know if you're a good guy or not. I don't know anything. And he looks at me and he says, Are you, do you really tell them that I said, Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about you. I don't know, I don't know why you do what you do. I don't know if you're a good dude, whatever. And he looks at me and he says, Sam, why don't you just take some time and get to know me? Get to know me. So I did. So we developed a a lifelong friendship that actually opened up doors not only for us to be friends, we talked life, we talked politics, we talked, we played chess together, we talked Africa and missions and all the things. And he also invited me to meet two of his friends, which happened to be two former U.S. presidents, (laughs) President Bush and President Clinton at an event, not just to sit and say hi and shake hands, sit at a table with five, five people and just kicked it for about an hour. Wow. Right. Because I was me because I and because I got to know someone else. And so my book and even the real Sam that you that people don't see is is this guy who really cares. Right. Who cares a lot about people who remembers. We were reminiscing earlier about uh, me holding up some some signs for our friends, Scott and Muniza who were running for student body president and vice president of the the University of Texas. And and Muniza was a homie. And I was like, I got a sign I want to support, you know, and so (laughs) and so that's me that's me. And even, even in my writing, you'll see that, right. This book that I, that, uh, that I wrote, you'll see that, right. You'll see my, my words on the page and you'll, you'll laugh with me. You'll cry with me. You'll emote, but that's my goal. And anybody who reads this book will understand that, that they're worth getting to know.
0: I mean, I love that. That's, uh, by the way, it's so cool. I, I, I actually did read that, that part. And it's like, you're turning pages and it's like, Oh, Oh, that's who shows up at the table. And so folks, check it out. I, they're, they're guests that you want to hear about. And and man, I want to have some friends like Fitz who, who are well-rounded and can also introduce those. But um, I, I mean, I think that the, the key story there is, and I think Larry Fitzgerald is embodied it. I think Sam, you don't realize this, but people will ask me the same about a guy like you. Like you were at UT when someone like Sam Macho, who's this, you know, BHP, won the academic Heisman, but also was out like, you said holding student government campaign signs you know like is he really that great um and so maybe that's not that's on me for not inviting you to kick it at the Taos house and say i don't know i need to get to know sam instead of just you know uh say yeah he is he's, he's great but truly i mean i think what, what this this book is about from what i can take away from it is a journey to finding that you know that that mask off that authenticity and that self so i mean for you, what's the biggest obstacle maybe that you overcame or anyone who's reading the book and maybe you've heard back from, you've heard stories or talked through with people, what's the biggest obstacle to getting to authenticity, to getting to that true self? Shame. Hmm.
1: I'll say that for a lot of people, shame is the biggest obstacle to letting people see their real selves. And what I mean by that is we feel oftentimes that we are not enough, whether it's because of what we did or what someone accused us of or what was done to us, we feel the sense of shame. And shame is a strong emotion that can cause you to do things and go places that you would never expect, never hope, or never desire to do, to go, or to experience. It's shame. But there's a freedom that can come when you're you. And obviously people who know me, they know I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm like, man, like God already knows you right? God already knows you. He sees you. He loves you. He sees the best in you. Even when everyone else around you only sees the the, the worst in you, he already, lo- he loves you and he wants to get to know you. And once you realize that someone wants to get to know you, it frees you up to not only to, to open yourself up to them, but to open yourself up to yourself. Mm. We have, and this is for everybody, there's like a little kid inside of all of us. You said, okay, tell me about Sam, the author, right? There's a, may not be an author, there may be a dancer, there may be a podcaster, there may be a, a, a clinician or whatever it is. There's, there's this little kid inside all of us that some people do a really good job of letting that person live and breathe. And other people, it's a shame, right? It's shame. We don't forgive ourselves for a mistake that we made, or we stay down and out, or someone told us, "Oh, you're too this, and you're too that. it will never be this, it'll never be that." I think oftentimes that shame is what keeps us from from being real and being authentic.
0: Man, so my, my day job, I do this podcast. I love it. my day job is I'm I'm a consultant, and and a lot of my career that the same that consultants have is fake it till you make it. I mean, I think there's a growth that happens in everyone's journey. At the beginning, you're kind of, everyone's trying to figure it out. Maybe you go to UT, this great university, so everything's going to be easy for you. Whether you go into professional sports, whether you go into industry, whether you go wherever your next step is, you're starting over, right? You're starting at the bottom. And and I think I like your your statement of that little kid. You have to grow something, you have to get up there. But, um, you know, faking it till you make it is, is probably a somewhat dangerous thing. And I, I say that in my company that I work for now, and they, they have seven core values. And I really, I didn't appreciate it until I was there a year or two. And I realized people really live them. But one was, you know, celebrate authenticity and do the right thing always. Like things that, that you know, every person should do, but doesn't necessarily probably um, just do innately. I think we all kind of have a lot of that fake it till you make it in us because there is such a fear of failure. There is such a shame. There is all those things that you said. Um, I mean, if the opposite of shame maybe, or that that's what prohibit is, is courage to step that up. How how If you're Sam and you're, you know, someone's looking in the mirror and they had the, the HBO uh, budget to put Sam looking back in the mirror, giving you the pep talk. What pep talk are you giving someone when they look in the mirror to say courage, to step out, to be that true self, to, to, to do it, to, to make the leap?
1: I would say that I've been there before. Mm. And I know what it feels like to feel sad or frustrated or afraid or ashamed my goal would be to uh and there's a word in spanish dar dar means to give i don't know why i even said that because you could just use the word in english give right <laughs> but like i like i felt like i was at this prison in louisiana the louisiana state penitentiary and there was a man there his nickname is slim right his name is ronnie ronnie olivier we call him slim he had served 20 some odd years in prison. He had two life sentences for a crime he committed when he was a juvenile, right? He was maybe 15 or so when they tried him as an adult and, and, you know, long story short, he, he had been fighting to get free and the people who we committed the crime against, they said, no, we forgive him. It's not like, that's not, it wasn't him or whatever the whole I don't know the whole story, but anyways, he got out, right. He got out. We were excited and celebrating and the whole thing. And, and I remember seeing him at a restaurant as we were getting ready to do our prison ministry. And he just got engaged. And his, it wasn't his fiance, but I believe it was his fiance's sister showed up at this restaurant. About 40 of us are there. All the seats are taken. Ronnie's standing up talking to a friend. The fiance, the fiance's sister shows up. Ronnie stops the conversation, goes and gets the chair that he was sitting in, and brings it over so she could sit down. Dude had been locked up for twenty-seven years, and I remember seeing that and saying, "Dude, that's love. That is love." Because he wasn't doing it because he wanted to. He do it because he loved. He loved her and her family. And that moment gave me a new vision of what love and what sacrifice looks like. One tiny little moment. And so what I would say to anyone, I think more than what I would say, I hope that it would be like when they read the pages of my book, Love, Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. You can get it anywhere books are sold. Multiples that would be that they would read that book or listen to the audio book, and that would give that book would give them courage, right? It gave me courage. This last weekend I was listening to the audiobook. And you know, and I listened to it before when I when it, when it my book just released, I remember laughing, crying, the whole deal, but even listening to that book gave me courage to say, you know what? I'm going to be okay. Mm. Things are going to be okay. And so dar courage to give someone courage, I hope would be that through the words on the book, or maybe even if I get a chance to speak, I love speaking organization or get a chance to speak, I would remind them that they are worth it. You are worth it.
0: Oh man. I love that. So Sam, we've, and Gerald and I focus mainly on, on the football aspect of things, but we've never, you know, shied from, we've had some controversies going on with UT and the eyes of Texas and just, I mean, and, and I'm not going to ask you to go into that today necessarily, but I, I would just say that Gerald and I have both said that there is a point that you can talk about sports, but if you only talk about sports, you're missing an opportunity to talk about the bigger life. And Gerald is a, is a, is a ordained minister who's worked with youth And he's talked a lot about kind of young person development and, and um, you know, I'm a man who's, who's, driven and lives through my faith. And, and so I think the three of us have a shared understanding when we read this or when you wrote the book and when Gerald and I read this book of, of where it's coming from and some of the truths there. I, Gerald actually, even though he couldn't be here tonight, wanted to ask a question that I thought was really poignant. Um, Sam, in your words, um, there's there's you know inherently a Longhorn fans and listeners around the world and from different faiths and backgrounds just come from all over, right? United under the cloak of Longhorn Nation, um, but, but come from all over. And so maybe had, didn't all grow up in Texas like we did, or didn't you know, all belong to the Christian faith like we do. What, why, what do you say to someone when they say, Sam, is this book for me? Should I still read this book? Um, you know, if I just have a different background, different faith, different belief system, why should they read this book?
1: In talking with my publisher, we've been, this book is for everybody. This book is everybody. I've ever sat down in marketing meetings with my publisher, and they're saying, "Okay, well, what's the target demographic? Is it athletes? Is it people who went to church? Is it hmm. people who are trying to make it to the NFL? Is it what is it?" And I was like, "Honestly, this book is for everybody." They're like, no, no, Sam. Like, we got to understand. We got to really dial it down. And I, I mean, it's for everybody. I've had people who who know nothing about football, absolutely zero, and they've opened the book and they love the book. Why? Because it's not a football book. Hmm. It's not a football book. I've had people who have a don't not, have a completely different uh, religious belief or background, or whatever, and they love the book. Why? Because it's not uh, it's not like the Bible, you know. It's not here. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean I've, I've had people who 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 love sports, love sports. It's all they care about, and they resonate with the book. Why? Yeah. Because it's so deep. There's depth to the pages. There are yeah. words on those pages that'll that'll help transform both you and I right as I was writing them I was being made new in a lot of ways and I and as I listened to the words even going back and reread those words it just it 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 helps you this book's for anybody who's ever struggled with identity about being real or or pretending this book's Mm -hmm. for anybody who has ever struggled with their emotions and what do I do when I get angry right there's a big counseling piece therapy piece in this book What do you do with anger, with shame, with doubt, with fear, with anxiety, with joy, with courage? What do you do with these things? This book is about what it means to to be free and to be real and to be authentic. This book is for anybody, no matter if you're a football fan or not, no matter if you are a follower of God or not. This book is specifically for um, anybody who even hears this podcast. Like, I hope you would go. Go to samachobook.com, S-A-M-A-C-H-O book.com. Go to Amazon, put in Let the World See You. Go to Target. This book's gonna be in every single Target store uh, starting on November 10th. Go to Target, go get the book. Go to Barnes & Noble, go get that book. This book is for anybody who, who listens and who, who feels inspired to, to go and uh, read the pages
0: amazing yeah that's uh the the target news don't sleep on that i i i have contributed to one book in my life i wasn't even the sole author i wrote some chapters in a book and and just to get it in the store is exciting to get it into every store like every target store in america man that's huge sam congratulations like i and that's that's wild
1: i'm stoked stoked. and it's funny i got a chance my books in barnes and noble is barnes and noble as well and i got it i I saw it for the first time yesterday in an actual store and I, I, i freaked i literally freaked out and so I got the news that it's going to be in Target. And so just y'all, so y'all don't, y'all better not go to Target. If you see me at a Target, you, you'll hear a <laughs> little sound, it'll sound like a little girl screaming. Um, but yeah, any, every single Target store, all 1800 stores available. So go, go to Target, go buy the books. They can buy more so other people can get it. And, uh, and, and yeah, leave a review too. That's another thing that I'm learning too, as an author, you ask, what is it? What's important about an author? I'm learning that reviews are huge, right? Leaving reviews are huge. So if you yeah. have read the book already, Go to Amazon, leave a review or Barnes and Noble, wherever you got your book, go leave a review and let other people know about, about it.
0: That's Sam. That's fantastic. I think everyone should read this book and we're going to actually announce it here on the podcast. We're, we're doing a raffle. So if you want to read Sam's book and, and, you know, you don't have the, the the couple bucks to spend it, or you can't go. You know, start a GoFundMe. Uh, it's not that expensive, probably. But uh, you know, we, we want to get you this book. We want to get it in your hands so you can read it. You can have the book of a Longhorn legend that I think is just everyone should read. It's a great book. Um, so we're going to do a raffle. So we have a couple requirements, folks. You're going to need to be following um, our our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter accounts. We need to verify that. You need to uh, you need to be following those and subscribe to the podcast and then we're going to be on the lookout when this podcast drops, we're going to tweet out the specific uh, rules and we'll have a 24 hour window for raffle entrance to get in there. So folks be following those social medias um, and uh, we will, we will have the the book uh, out there for you to get. We're excited to get more copies out there. Also folks, it's, it's, it's November, right? We're getting to the end of the year. You know, what's coming up Christmas. Christmas is coming up. This makes a fantastic stocking stuffer. we have, we did demographic surveys on this podcast. We have everything from college-age 22-year-olds to, um, or 19-year-olds to, you know, like 65-year-olds. So if you need to buy your dad a gift, if you need to buy your grandson a gift, you know, your daughter a gift, it doesn't matter, this book, As Sam said, is for everyone. So be on the lookout for some of those raffle details. We're going to get that out to you. And I'm excited to have some of y'all tweet both at Sam and at me and and, uh, the show and let us know what you think as we're reading it. Who knows? Maybe we'll come up with a Longhorn uh, Republic Burn Orange Nation book club to go through this thing. I don't know. We'll figure that out uh, once we get going. But so that's the book. And Sam, if our longtime listeners know anything about this podcast, it's, it doesn't matter who the, the guest is on this podcast. We can't let them get out without a rapid fire around it as we come our signature. So we're going to give you a couple questions. Just kind of, I mean, no, no problem for you. Let it flow off the chest, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling. We have not prepared Sam for any of these. So it's straight off the cuff. So I'm going to start it off right here. Sam, I was reading the endorsements of your book. Both Lecrae, which is amazing, um, and and Andy Mineo uh, gave you glowing endorsements, which again is is amazing. Um, So Sam, you obviously you're you're tied in to the community there. You got some guest verses ready to go, maybe some producers. Sam, if you were to release a hip hop album, what would the title of that album be?
1: The Christian motto. uh, Me and my brother. Me and my brother did a, a song. Y'all need to go check this thing out first and foremost. Let me not pump it too much, but <laughs> we made a song called The Christian Motto, my brother Emmanuel and I, back in okay. 2011, 12, I don't know when the heck it was. Because Drake had his version of the motto, Yeah, and so my brother, he came to Arizona to just come visit me. I was playing with the Cardinals at the time. He might have been with the Eagles or something. And for whatever reason, like God just gave him words to a Christian, uh, a Christian version of the motto. And so we, we recorded it. And that was when, before things really started to go viral, it yeah. went viral. And so overnight we said, okay, we've got 50 views. That'd be great. Right. We put it, we put it out on YouTube that night. And like before we went to sleep, it was at like 500 or something like that. Uh, we went to sleep, woke up. It was at 5,000 views, like literally before things even did viral. And now I don't yeah. know if it's at fifty thousand hundred. I don't know how many thousands of people viewed it, but uh, that would be the, the title. I thought you were going to maybe do I some freestyle bar. But if you dropped a beat, now we could do You know what I mean? Go ahead, drop a beat. Let's
0: uh, do something like that. Sam, are, are you ready to do that? I can't make a particularly a good rapid beat.
1: fire, man. I'm telling you, man, what you want. Give if me you're a ready to, to
0: put go. bars on this podcast, we will put them out for the millions of listeners who, who listen to this podcast. You will actually go somewhat viral. We're going to tweet the, the Christian motto out. But, Sam, I'm giving you the opportunity right here. If you can go give me an acapella bar or two, I'll- then
1: I'm ready for it. Kyle, back in college, what people don't know is me and my homies, i.e., my business honors classmates, <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> t- yeah.
0: the real G's, yeah. T-
1: <laughs> t- so we freestyle all the time, and so, uh, so yeah. I mean, you want me to give me a topic, and I'll freestyle a cappella. It yeah, uh, may not be great, but I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try it. No, Sam, I want you
0: to freestyle about um, about Texas
1: being back. Mm. Okay, yeah, we're back. Texas kind of back. Call me Joe Osai because I'm trying to get a sack, get a sack. Mm. Trying to get a stack, maybe bread. Yeah, I'm going crazy because I'm trying to get that leg, get that paper. Trying to love my neighbor. Um, I'm also trying not to be a hater. Yeah, I got my book. <laughs> kiosk kind of shook. Uh, I need to read it in my nook. Yeah, nook and I'm looking like a granny. Uh, man, I need to go ahead and win a Grammy. Call oh. me Moe gray. Yeah, I got my bae. Yeah, you know, that's the wife. And you know, I need to i'm gonna stop let's stop <laughs> i don't know what's gonna come out next man that's amazing <laughs> i can
0: legitimately say that is the first uh unprompted unscripted unrehearsed freestyle in the history of the burn Nation podcast wow i got like tears in my eyes like that's amazing i man
1: make I every guest freestyle for me. that's now the new thing that's now the new thing that's gonna fire <laughs> every guest is gonna Spit bars
0: that's fantastic i I also might just 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 take that audio and that might be our new i don't know that's amazing man all right so sam I, i had some other scripted questions you have thrown me i Typically find myself unflappable. You have flapped. Me. Now you see I'm trying to be friends with Lecrae <laughs> and Mini. I'm like, let me get in the studio and do something a little bit. <laughs> uh Lecrae, come on the podcast. We will have a battle. I mean, let's set it up here. We'll, all right. We'll talk offline about that. So, Sam, all right, you you your name dropping presidents you've hung out with. Um, you know, obviously Lecrae. I mean, I don't know if people are going to argue probably the greatest Christian rapper of all time. Um, just one of the best, like, just rappers I've ever heard. But legitimately, you know some cool people, right? That being, being famous, um, whether it's someone you know, something that's happened to you, something you've seen, what's the single biggest perk that, like, uh, if this was, say, a macho, BHP, no football, regular, smart guy that you wouldn't have got, what's the biggest famous perk you've gotten? Oh,
1: dude, this is easy. Oh, man, I kind of miss it now. I'm, I'm, if y'all could see me on the screen, I'm giddy. The <laughs> yes. biggest perk is the free candy on the flights to games. Ooh. And I don't even like candy like that. But when we go to games and go back, oh, man, if y'all have ever been on a team plane, right? It's a normal size plane, but you got about 100, 60 some odd guys on a team. You got about 30 coaches, staff, equipment managers. So it's a big plane. Sometimes, you know fans or sponsors will come. But the biggest perk is two things. Number one, and don't tell anybody I said this, Kyle and uh Gerald, <laughs> whenever you don't tell anybody. So we don't always have to put our seatbelts on on take off and landing. <laughs> so like you know, on a normal plane it's like, all right, they walk by, put your seatbelt on. I'm like, man, chill, I'm good, right? I oftentimes will have my seatbelt off, take off and landing. Sometimes when we low could be standing up while we land. Yes, I mean like mind book. Like hey. I said and no, then, but the, no. more than that, like I don't tell anybody. But more than that, it's the free food, free candy, bro. Wow. Twix, Snickers, Kit Kat. They got, I don't even like Skittles. They got Skittles. They have free, like, and I, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, cracked cheese and crackers kind of guy. Uh-huh. Unlimited amount of cheese and crackers on these flights. I mean, <laughs> what more could you ask for? So the biggest thing I miss being a free agent right now, not being on a team, is the access to the free food, man. man. Nothing better.
0: Spoken like a true D lineman. This is why Coach Giles keeps pumping out UT defensive linemen to the to the league. He's telling him. Sam told me about the snacks, bro. Keandre Cobra, big snacks. He's like, I gotta get there. I gotta eat. <laughs> That's Absolutely. great. I did. I did not expect that. But also, you're. you're I didn't wear a seatbelt. And like how how excited you were to tell that makes me think that you've never cut a tag off your mattress. Sam breaks a couple <laughs> rules, but Sam is a is a is a lawful good when the breakdown. He's he's on the lawful good side man uh we would all stand right up. want well,
1: just a seatbelt piece we would stand up right that, that is not landing is i would be standing up talking in, a, in the in the aisle that's, that's really cool
0: you're like no, they never attendant. let you do that stuff rules don't apply to you man you're a flight attendant yeah, everyone's man. a flight attendant when you're in the league <laughs> uh your you're own flight attendant all right sam so we do have some studious folks and folks who obviously love the university we have some folks who still work for the university professors and stuff who listened to this podcast who reached out to us in the past. So I, I do have to ask this because I'm genuinely curious myself. Um but for them, all the listeners who are associated with the university, what was the favorite course um or class or something that you took at the university Texas? It was marketing,
1: my last marketing class, marketing maybe three I don't know the, I don't remember the numbers, but it was a, our honors marketing with yeah. Dr. Lee McAllister. She was a McAllister. boss. She's unbelievable. And I like, she's amazing. I love, love her cast. I was, I was a, so BHP business honors and also marketing. So double major business honors and marketing. And McAllister was essentially the last teacher I had in my marketing. Like it was like the, the, not the penultimate, but the ultimate, right. The last one and loved her class did really well. And I really enjoyed just the way she taught simple, right. Loved her class. Also loved Dr. Kanana, probably of Kanana who taught um, three He taught uh, MIS, which mm-hmm. I didn't understand MIS in a lot of ways, but he made it interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, those are probably be the top two. All
0: right. I was an MIS guy. So I, I'm with you. I like that. Good shout outs for all those good professors. Um, we, let's, let's, let's keep it fun. Um, you have lived around the world, being, a, being an athlete for different or, uh, teams. You've lived around the country. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go here and pit, uh, like I tried to do in the first question between Lecrae and Minio. and, uh, Texas barbecue versus Chicago Texas pizza. barbecue. Texas. Oh, don't even,
1: don't quick. even, it doesn't, don't even say the next thing. Okay. Matter. Okay. I'm a Texan bro. You got to understand. I'm two. got a Dallas area code Two one four. got Texas plates, Texas driver's license, Texas barbecue point right. blank period. I hope so. Hope Chicago people are listening to it. If you are listening. <laughs> go to Texas and go get barbecue. I like New York pizza more than, and let me slow down.
0: i I was gonna say bro you still live there right don't get burned out of the city man they're
1: listening they're listening
0: (laughs) uh that's amazing all right well then i then do you mind if i ask you what's your when you go home salt lake salt lake Lake. you don't
1: even have to to finish these statements bro guys i am not
0: (laughs) i am not sharing this google document with sam this is just he's that good that's how he reads an offense the same way he reads a podcaster (laughs) he's out here Predicting what's coming next, man, like you did in the Big Twelve championship game. All right, all right. um You said Salt Lake, so maybe this is your answer. But I had the question written here. When you go back to Austin, favorite thing to do? Maybe it is go to Salt Lake, but favorite thing to do in Austin?
1: That's hard because it's changed so much. Sure, uh, back in the, it has it has. I went out since I've been. It's been ten years since I graduated, which is crazy. um My favorite thing used to, I used to used to be going back to campus and yeah walking in business school, seeing some old teachers, maybe seeing some old people I went to school with and catch up with friends right Have now. Have you seen changed. the new business school? I haven't. I haven't.
0: Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. I, I, I haven't actually gone in. I've just driven past when I was there uh, for work briefly. I didn't get a chance to go in, but just, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It looks nuts. I, I, I got to get back there to, to check it out. But yeah, the, you're right. Everything in Austin is, is different.
1: Yeah. So the, my favorite thing, I mean, I used to go, I used to be going to the, all the places, right. Going to Kirby lane or going to, yeah, there's a taco deli, which is a place I used to love going to like going to the places. Sushi, sushi, sushi was, I mean, just all the random <laughs> place. Hey, cupcake. That used to be the thing. Yeah. And now I, I have family in Austin. Now my brother-in-law's in Austin and his, and my whole wife's, a lot of my wife's family's there. So now it's really just going there and seeing them and I'll get, I'll get back to campus and, Sometimes I got, I've got a chance to talk to the soccer team, uh, the UT soccer team, women's, obviously women's soccer team, part of the football team. So going back and and hanging out with some of the other sports has been has been fun.
0: Sam, you are an author. I think November 1st was National Author Day. Like I said, I, I have been a part of one book enough that I can call myself an author. Um, your favorite book, you can either go all time with this or that you've read recently, maybe quarantine, read whatever favorite book.
1: Yeah, there's a, a, a devotional by a lady named Sarah Young, and it's called Jesus Calling. Cool. And that has been probably, that book has sustained me in a lot of ways. That book has, it's a devotional, a little 30-second read in the mornings, mm. two-minute read. But I mean, for for two years in a row, and I'm not a, I'm not a everyday kind of guy, but every day, wow. every day for a solid, about a solid two years, 20, 22 months, you could say, I would pick, I'd read that book every day, that, and it seemed like something in that book would to relate to me i'm
0: gonna have to check that out i'm taking notes here the uh all right so these have all been easy i saved the the, my favorite for last sam we did a series on this podcast recently doing the mount rushmore of each of the different sports the thing with the rushmore is there's only four heads on that mountain so i'm going to give you the opportunity sam to do a mount rushmore here but i'm going to give you a caveat first i would like to hear if you don't mind doing a top four all-time University of Texas, Mount Rushmore. And then I'm going to give you a chance to augment it with a very specific subset. But let's start with all-time Mount Rushmore UT football. You can put yourself on it, too. It's okay, man.
1: Vince Young. Okay. This is hard. It's hard. It this is, is hard. really hard because there are so many greats. Uh, Ricky Williams. Okay. Dang. Because <laughs> I think you have to put earl campbell on there that's say vince ricky earl i dang
0: it's a tough one it is legitimately a tough one
1: vince young ricky williams earl campbell does colt make it up there does earl thomas make it up there does rack make Ooh. it up there yeah that is so hard um dang it it's it's we had this selfishly we had this very debate selfishly i'm putting brian arakpo up there nice nice because he i mean he did some things for our team that took us to the next level national championship etc so Mm -hmm. so that's why obviously you got some legends colt i think colt could have easily made made it up there but Yeah, I'm I'm putting Rack as the last one.
0: I love that, man. That's actually one who Gerald and I we we talked about the fact that this skews offensive. You don't get enough defensive guys up there, and we had uh, we talked about Nobis. Um, We talked about um, the uh, Derek Johnson, Um, and so you know, so there's like there's a couple that are tough. A Rackbo, like we talked about, we didn't end up putting him on, but I like that you did. And actually, the reason that I specifically like that is because this is the question that I knew might get you the most texts if folks are listening to this about who you leave off sam now with the same four slots allotted to you give me your all time ut football mount rushmore only using nigerian players
1: okay easy okay Um, brian (laughs) Arakpo. yep put your boy on that thing okay okay um oh (laughs) y'all ain't gonna like this one it's too early it's too early uh I was going to say Joseph Osai, but it's too early. Come on now. Um, only using Nigerian players. Okay, I mean, so Rack. Oh, who else was Nigerian?
0: There is another Acho. You don't have to put. put oh, him on my there. brother.
1: Uh, not me, saying. I, me, don't
0: don't let, let me leave here. Let, let, let me, you know what I mean? Let me. Okafor. Uh, oh, this is good. He was a monster for a little bit there. Um, yeah. Uh, running back Chris Obenaya. Chris Obenayo.
1: Chris, CO. Yeah, you were friends it. with Chris, weren't you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah y'all, so, I mean, we like, were in the same class or something. So yeah, Chris, we were. We were. Yeah. Okay. Um, I hope he would play me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Chris was good. Rack. Alex. Charles O'Manahu.
0: Yeah. You gotta. I mean, Chuck. Chuck's doing it in the NFL now.
1: Right. Emmanuel was good. I. Uh, yeah. Who was before me?
0: I tried to think like if we had any '90s or like really early 2000s, and I couldn't. There was no one who came to mind for me. But I, I hope I'm not forgetting someone. But I, I it really the Nigerian kind of uh, connection seemed to come right around the the, the mid 2000s. Okay, I'm gonna put my
1: brother on because he's gonna be mad at me if he finds out I put him <laughs> on. Let me just show this <laughs> man some love. And then who do I go between Alex and Aminu? Because I feel like Aminu had a dominant senior year. Alex played well his last two years, and Osai is trying to. Put himself off. He's
0: trying. Bro. He really is.
1: I'll go Alex. I'll go Alex, and you know Charles is gonna be mad at me because I texted like <laughs> we were text. We were on the phone the other day, so let me let him let him get another couple sacks this year, and then I'm right, I'll right, take right. I'll take somebody off, All right, take my brother enough. off, and put it put him on.
0: We we did tweet after we may have been hyped up after the game, but we did tweet that the Joseph Osai is like three more sacks from being able to call himself the Nigerian nightmare. I mean, it's like, <laughs> the, the dude is like, he's real, man. He's real with it. But, uh, Sam, this has been a joy. It's been even better than I expected. I loved your authenticity. I adored your bars. Um, I loved, uh, I loved everything you had to say about football, but, um, let's wrap it up here, Sam. Um, for you, if you want people to go find this uh, and find you on social media, pub, go ahead and publicize uh, where the folks can, can find you and find the book.
1: Y'all go to Target. Go to Target. <laughs> Any Target store, Target 2409. It's, I actually interned at Target back in my BHP time, nice. mentorship. On our Ar- Go to Target at Arboretum. Go to that Target right off 35, right close to campus. Go to every single Target on November 10th and go buy my book. because see my brother's there too. Go buy his too. Go to Target on November 10th. If you can't wait, if you're just one of those people, this can't wait, I've got to get it now. Go to Barnes & Noble. You can get it now. If you really, oh, I don't want COVID, I don't want to go outside and mask, go to Amazon, hmm. type in let the world see you. Order about five books, right? Yes. <laughs> Get them as Christmas gifts for all your. I'm telling you, it's, you're going to love the book. Get the audio book. Yeah. Anywhere books are sold. If you'd like, go to samachobook.com. That'll have the links to Target and Amazon and Barnes and Noble and a couple, of, you know, a little, little inside of the book. You'll be able to listen to the first chapter and do some cool stuff there. Samachobook.com, S A M A C H O book.com, S A M A C H O book.com. Social media, I'm at the Samacho. So that, that's that. Feel free to follow me. Uh, But more than anything, go get that book. And after you get it and read it, leave a review on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, wherever you leave your reviews, wherever you buy your books, go to go get your book, but go to Target. (laughs) (laughs) I love
0: that, man. All right, Sam, thank you so much. This has been an incredible pleasure. We're wishing you success in the book, the future books, the life, the family, everything that comes next. Be safe out there um,
1: and uh, love you, man. Thanks for doing this. Awesome, love you too, Kyle. Thank you so much, dude. Now, y'all, people don't know this, but I respect you so much, man. I respect the hell out wow. of you, man. Um, for since college and even post college, uh, you're a real one. I
0: appreciate that, man. That uh, that just became my ringtone. So uh, thanks. <laughs> not the bars, not the bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, they'll alternate that. Yeah, depends who texts me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Dave. Man, have a good
1: night, bro. Awesome, you too.